Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good morning, or good day, good evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. I am your host, Naja E. Brown. And today I'm going to talk to you about a wonderful trip that I just returned from. So I went to Thailand for 14 days. I was on a 14-day tour, and I want to share with you my highlights. And, you know, I love history and enjoy traveling. And over the past four years, I've been able to travel many of the Asian countries. I've been to China, India, Turkey, and then most recently, Uh, Thailand. So I left on February 28th and returned yesterday, March 14th. And I thought this would be a good podcast to do, to share with you not only just the highlights of my trip, but just to talk about how I purposefully and intentionally look for God in the midst of these places where I travel, when a lot of times 90% of the country may be Muslim, you know, a large percentage of the population may be Hindu. And uh, in Thailand, I ran into the majority of the people being Buddhist. So in the promotional material, I wrote and shared with you that I love history, and one way to satisfy that interest is to travel. And uh, so going to Thailand was planned a whole year in advance. And we traveled and saw the north end of Thailand, and it was absolutely wonderful. The people were wonderful. The culture was different. The food delicious. The weather was very, very, very hot. And I took in all that I could. I took in the landscape, the cities, the hot weather, uh, the, the language, and the food. And I also took in a little bit about the different religious practices and their beliefs. Now, I don't study those and take it to heart, but certainly when you're on a tour, you have to acknowledge, not observe, but you have to acknowledge and be respectful of the country that you're in. So we went to uh, Bangkok, and then we traveled north and went to a place called Sukhothai, and we went to Lampang, and then I got a chance to see the Golden Triangle, which is uh, Thailand, Burma, and Laos, Laos, or Laos, and Burma is also Myanmar. And uh, again, we visited uh, old ruins, temple ruins, we visited museums, we visited restaurants, we visited night markets, but the highlights seem to be the temples. And probably about the seventh temple that I visited, I was saying to myself, okay, I've seen enough. As you enter into the temple, it's required that the women uh, cover their shoulders, and the weather was very, very hot. We were talking about uh, cool, trying to find a place where it was cooler, but it seems like the further north we went, the more warm it got and the more humid it was. But the women have to have their shoulders covered, and then, of course, you have to remove your shoes. So that was a bit challenging. But after about the sixth or seventh temple, I'm thinking, okay, I've seen enough. Normally when you go into a temple, 
you remove your shoes, and in front of you, you're either looking at a statue of Buddha in the sitting upright position with uh, his legs crossed in front of him. There are other statues that uh, depict his lifestyle. They have the kneeling Buddha. They have the walking Buddha. And each of these various statues represent different stages in his life. But most of the time in the temples, it was Buddha sitting. And then the tour guide would explain. And so, you know, throughout the tour, as often as we went into a temple, I learned and heard a little bit more. One of the things I heard that stood out for me this time was that Buddhism is not a religion. It's a philosophy. It's a philosophy or a way of life. And I thought that was interesting. So I heard some similarities. You know, I'm a believer, a Christian, and I believe in the one true God, and I believe in Jesus Christ as God in the flesh who came and died for my sins. But there were some similarities um, in terms of doing what's right and putting others before you, finding contentment in whatever your situation is. So I kind of like the fact that I can hear this other religious philosophy or religious belief or practices of the people, but then tie it back to the Word of God and ground it for me. And there's no substitute. So the challenge for me is when I do go to these other places and I, uh, uh, where I've been, I've encountered Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, Islam, Taoism, and Confucianism, uh, I have to be very purposeful and intentional about who I am in Christ Jesus, and I have to stand firmly on his word. So we know that Christ embodies the law and fulfilled the law. And I'm so grateful for Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 4, where it says, You shall have no other gods before me. So God's word comes alive for me when I'm on these trips and when I'm touring in, in, uh, in different countries, his word just comes alive because it, it just affirms the reasons why he instructs us the way that he does. So even though I was told when I was in Thailand that Buddhism is a philosophy, there is a statue that's erected all over in the temples, outside of the temples. You, you travel around and you see these shrines up that people just put in a park or in the front of a mall and there's always some sort of coins or in thailand it's the bot b-a-h-t the the bot is left there flowers maybe even some food is left for buddha but i'm so thankful that i understand there's one true god and in exodus 20 Chapter 20, verse 4, it says, And you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. And then verse 5 says, You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. And then verse 6 says, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. So we know that God instructed the children of Israel to not get involved with the foreign people 
and the many gods, M-A-N-Y gods that they uh, worship and and incorporate in their lifestyles. And then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And then Hebrews 10, verses 9 through 10 says, Then he said, Behold, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So we know Christ embodies the law and fulfilled the law. You know, mankind was not capable of keeping the law, the Ten Commandments as we know them. It was an unachievable mark, not a moving target, though, but a mark or measuring stick as to how mankind, how well we were doing according to God's standards. It was a shadow of the good things to come, the sacrificial system, the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins was not good enough. You see, as sinners, we missed the mark, hence the reason for Christ's coming, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He shed his blood as the ultimate sacrificial lamb without splot or blemish. He paid the price and redeemed us, and God the Father was well pleased. The gift of salvation is ours to have and to keep. I'm so thankful that I worship a God who was raised from the dead. Now, I looked at all those statues of Buddha and uh, I mentioned that I had gone into several temples, so they had the the reclining Buddha um, that was uh, gold, and then there was the sitting Buddha that was gold, and then we went to a temple where there was a emerald Buddha, little but little statue, but emerald, and then we went somewhere else where it was a different uh, precious gem and it it was so uh meaningful and so uh you know the tour guide just highlighted all the temples and i'm thinking to myself and not to be disrespectful to those who are buddhist but if you've seen one you've seen them all so it was just uh it was just a nice it was just nice for me to be able to to be on the tour to be able to respect the culture and the philosophy, but stand firmly on the Word of God and to be thankful that I am not bowing down to a statue, worshiping a statue, you know. And there's no claims that Buddha came and and came to to save the world. Uh, Just basically he lived a life, he dedicated his life to a philosophy, and he had followers, and so they're not, you know, uh, lifting him up uh, and exalting him as a god, which is interesting. But people bow down to him and they worship him in this form of uh, a statue. So that's sort of the highlights. Uh, the food was good. The Thai food that we have here in the United States is very similar or either they were accommodating us as Americans because they maybe figured we didn't have a taste for authentic Thai food. But one of the highlights was going to a cooking class and being able to to cook and uh, 
You know, I thanked God for the food I was eating. I thanked God for the time that I was there. I could see his hand. Uh, he, I could, I could see... I could see his work, even though I didn't meet any other Christians that were native. There were Christians on the tour along with me, but I didn't meet any native Christians. Uh, but I did see two Christian uh, churches, uh, a cross on top, a steeple and a cross, um, and another building that was pointed out to me. Uh, by the tour guide, because I asked her after we went to temple after temple after temple, I asked her, I said, well, where are the Jewish synagogues? Where are the Muslim mosques? Where are the Hindu temples? Where are the Christian churches? Uh, and she said, I'll find the Christian church for you. And she did. And while we were driving through the city, she pointed it out, and I did happen to get a picture of it. So I have to believe, I choose to believe that God's kingdom is even being furthered and there is kingdom building going on in Thailand. Uh, Buddha is uh, prominent. Uh, Buddha is visible. Buddha, Buddha is talked about. And Buddha is held very near and dear to the hearts of the people in Thailand. And I believe that with me being able to acknowledge that I was a Christian, not only to the fellow tour tourists, but also to the uh, tour guide, that I planted some seeds. I prayed and thanked God for my food when we all ate together during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. I had my devotional with me, um, my morning with Jesus, magazine and it has a daily devotion and I also uh, had my Bible reading I had my NIV Bible with me so I just want to say God is everywhere we don't need to erect a statue to be reminded we can look at his creation see his goodness rejoice over the fact that he sent his son to die for us We do not need to erect a statue. We don't need to worship a golden or a emerald visual of Jesus Christ. He lives within us. He is there for us at all times, and I am just so grateful for that. I am also grateful that I get to travel when the Lord blesses me with the opportunity so that I can stand firmly on his word and know that kingdom building is going on, even in these countries and even in the land where people still have not learned who he is, but they have the opportunity to get to meet him. So with that, thank you, and God bless you, and I will talk with you in a couple of weeks.